This is the Discovery 2020 podcast, led by the student group from PSGE, Abdul, Mark, and Alishro. We understand that last year was chaotic, with the news cycle being dominated by COVID-19, the rioting, protests, shootings, and the presidential election. We want to inform people that the world didn't stop because of Global North did. There are happenings occurring worldwide that can have lasting effects, COVID-19 or not. For this reason, in our new podcast, we want to talk about things that may not have been a dominant narrative at the time, or on more obscure news stories. All right, all right. So I kind of want to talk about how quarantine actually affected climate change. Because right now, the current narrative behind the quarantine is that, well, it did have major effects on emissions. It decreased it quite a bit, not only on CO2 emissions, but on pollution in general. My problem here comes from the fact that people are treating quarantine as, as if it was a solution to climate change, as opposed to something we should probably not let happen again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do agree with that sentiment regarding the long-term solution. However, I think it's less about the pandemic that's actually improving climate change. I think it's more so the policies regarding uh, um, uh, work jobs and blue-collar workers entering into factories and producing an increase of production factories. Okay, true. Okay, so if you're talking about how manufacturing jobs um, went by the wayside, yeah, they, that did decrease emissions, and it probably mainly decreased um, uh, pollution yeah. as well. Yeah, it's, the problem it's here not, is that oh, what? Sorry, sorry, but um, I think it's not just factory. I think it's also just all around the day-to-day uh, livelihoods as well, because yeah. many people had to stay home. There was less. Uh, electricity and car and, um, mobility being uh, used up. Well, yeah, but I, I'd say that most of the decreases in emissions came from the lack of transportation. Sure, we had still had eternal truck drivers and, you know, real cars. But I'd say the amount of air travel decreased, the amount of cargo ships going to and fro decreased, um, cruisers, and not cruisers, cruise ships, the, the amount of cruisers we have also decreased. There's actually a big problem in the cruise ship industry is they're just now getting back on their feet it might take them a whole year probably more in order to get back where they used to be but um amount of transportation um uh, related emissions really went down this year but my main problem is that people are seeing this as if it was a solution we should stop traveling basically that's what i see a lot of people saying we should stop using our cars we should stop well i I, you might have an argument saying that we might, might need to consume less yeah but the current I honestly say the status quo right now is just like to do nothing. And there are some people. The problem of this type type of sentiment is that much of that, it comes from this perspective of individuals that do come from a well-off countries, countries where there is a less uh, need or demand for productivity and uh, productions. However, this falls apart once you start actually looking into where is the, the carbon emissions actually coming from. And majority of them does come from within Asian countries like China. Asian and African, yeah. Yeah. Well, and well, I, I guess you could generalize that and say global south, really. Yeah. But um, I was actually going to get into that. So there's in the kind of the climate change discussion, there are two people. You have the, the growthers and people that believe in growth. People that believe in growth are, I'd say, our typical mindset. We can, um, while we try to solve climate change, we can also also make a profit off of it. So we can still make um, solar panels, sell them, make a profit, grow economy based on that. There are the growthers that think the expansion of the economy into infinitum cannot be 
um, sustained in the long term, which is true. But I don't think that the way they, they convey this idea really works for anyone, really. With the growthers, they believe that we cannot sustain economic growth if we're trying to solve climate change or not. Yeah. I mean, problem with this is that this is a very first world mindset. I mean, you can say this if you live in the United States, you live in Europe, probably Japan as well, but you can't go to an, a Nigerian or something like that and say, you need to stop growing your economy because they can't yeah. stop growing their economy. They are not at our same level of standard of living such that they can just stop doing that kind of stuff. They need, yeah. I, as, as unfortunate as it is, they need coal, they need oil. They need yeah. these to support their economy. And sometimes, yes, this does destroy the environment, but we had our turn in the West. We had our industrial revolution. Now it's their turn, right? Yeah. On the flip side of the argument, uh, um, one good thing that one positive attribute for this is that um, this COVID-19 lockdown did provide some bit of uh, an idea for researchers and other uh, governmental groups on uh, what kind of policies could they implement later on in order to reduce uh, carbon footprint. For example, in cities like Bogota, New York, Paris, and Berlin, uh, they are rededicating street space for pedestrians and cyclists to enable state individual mobility, with some of the changes more likely to become permanent. And this type of of change is not only um, likely going to prevent uh, CO2 emissions in like major coastline cities where uh, a lot of production is being made, but you're right. It's probably not going to be likely implemented within more third world countries. Well, as okay. the cities I mentioned are within first world. Okay, be careful of that because first of all, I, I, that's probably one thing I should state first. Though there are certain things that came out of this that we should probably, you know, elaborate on for, we should look into. For example, the concept of the walkable city, which I think we are planning on getting to later on in the series. Um, I believe in a city like, what is the city? Madrid, Barcelona, where they have like cell streets. You'd mm-hmm. think because of higher density, you have more people interacting with each other, more opportunity to spread. What we actually see is that these blocks basically become their own contained communities. So your dentist, he lives on the same block as you. Your grocery store is the same block as you. You can walk to it. So you don't have people going, I don't know, taking a trip to Walmart at 15 miles where everyone in the surroundings neighborhood goes to you have people going to one store here and they're all living i'd say relatively close to each other but they're spreading within their community so that's one solution to climate change would be walkability i don't not not the climate change but it, it could be as well climate change and the COVID 19 outbreak and any, any possible future outbreaks would be an expansion of walkability and what that mean for cities so i like this new um new dedication for streets to um, p- pedestrians. We actually have this close to my house in New York where the uh, street became um, for pedestrians and bicycles, um, all that stuff. I'm pretty sure you yeah. have that close to where you are, right? Yeah, I, we do have within those areas. Though I, the, it, it widely, actually, no, I would disagree with that. It was within my old area. However, now I would say that my area is still getting used to it as there's still a lot of cars being used every day. Um. Wait, wait, I don't understand. So wait, so people are still using this new pedestrian path for cars? Uh, no, they're not. We don't have that implemented here. Oh, wait, so, uh, I misunderstood then. So, I, so what is this thing that's happening near where you live? Um, 
there's a lot of uh, cars being used. So I would say the, uh, while it's not a particularly dense in population, I certainly wouldn't call it the most economically. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but again, not economically eco. eco we're seeing this through the lens of American car culture. And uh, maybe you went to somewhere like Germany or something like that. Maybe it's things a bit different. But even a slight reduction in car usage in the United States is pretty big. So, and also, that's another thing I want to look at. Um, uh, I, there are a lot of, I guess, rightfully so, we should probably avoid using as much cars as we currently do. My problem yeah. comes with that if we try to focus on limiting cars, with how the United States is currently... Yeah, how will that be implemented properly? Yeah, well, there, there's that too, but it also becomes incredibly regressive. So in rural areas, this isn't, this basically is impossible at all. But in some urban areas too, you'd be talking about completely upending certain areas just to get the bicycle lanes. And while I would prefer having them, it's just, I don't think it's a practical idea. And yeah. you have to go about taxing the people to get them and trying to get, get them off the road. And some people just cannot do that. They live too far away. I, just, I don't think yeah. that's something we can And there's also an that. additional, yeah. And there's also the problem where certain businesses rely on the car transportation, such as tolls and uh, many, well, of, uh, many other still, car businesses. I, I've, been, I've been to Europe before. They have some really narrow streets. It's, it's still possible to, um, what is it called? To, you know, have emergency vehicles. Um, tow trucks or whatever delivery vehicles it's, it's possible to have yeah. that but i understand the sentiment you're getting at but like i said i just don't think decrease well, we, we can decrease car usage but you just have to be really careful about this you don't want it in the same way that happened during the quarantine where people didn't use their cars because there's nothing to go to it gets back to the main point i'm trying to make here is that i think a lot of people look at the stuff that happened when quarantine and understand that yes human civilization is inherently destructive to the environment but you just want to be careful of the way we implement this future policy because it can and it will negatively affect people especially the poor especially minorities yeah i definitely agree with that sentiment oh we're in the shadow void where you at Okay. A bit closer. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, sorry for the clear cuts. Right. Um, yeah, I definitely do agree with that uh, sentiment, but it goes back to the issue of uh, we're still looking in terms of the first world perspective. This c- completely falls apart when we start looking into more, not only denser population, but also more populations that require blue collar workers. Well, yeah, that's, that's something for a future episode, but I, th- it's definitely something we're going to get into how... Yeah. The, the pandemic kind of affected the dynamic between blue collar and white collar work and how working from home affects some people more than others. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something we plan on getting into. But um, yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? Like, what? Um, I thought? think for now, not too much. I think we went covered up on most of the, what we, our thoughts and the overall topic. I mean, I, I think I'd like to add something else. Right. What, what is it? I would love to hear it. Wait, 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 wait. The idea is escaping me, but it was another aspect that I thought was kind of annoying. Um, ah, it's kind of weird to escape me right now, but whatever. I think, if anything, I could add that on to the next episode or something like that. Okay. So what about you, Abdul? Do you have anything else to add? You guys did a pretty good job. Um, but is there like anything of your opinion or <laughs> idea? I didn't know. I'm pretty sure you can be Okay. <laughs> I need to go now. 
So, Abdul, do you, do you have anything to add, though? Like, you want to add anything to that? Like a quick few minutes to discuss your opinion on this? Get a, let's get out of it real quick. But... I mean, I have statistics, but... You have to say the share thing, please. We want to hear the statistics. Show me them. We were right, do you want to record this in a separate order? Oh no! Just keep keep it going. Keep it going. It's the first episode. Who knows? Exactly. Keep it going. It's fine. All right. So, government policies during COVID nineteen pandemic have also altered patterns of energy demand around the world. I know, like some governments require that you stay indoors for there's like a curfew. So I know in New York City that after seven p.m. you could not go outside you cannot travel Wait, i thought that was for the like the protest and writing though do they actually yeah that? is that like a, a hard implementation or is it more for like i don't i would that would suck because i've been breaking curfew a lot then well yeah people have been breaking curfews but for the major corporations and major like uh, restaurants businesses and those minor uh shopkeepers like for them, it's it's easy to follow, and it's it's basically the government uh, policy, so they have to follow it. And I think that the phases, the phases of implementing um, lockdown situations in different air communities, also allow for uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, altered so you're patterns. Talking, you're talking about when we would still have like the you know we're still in the phases, then, right? Yeah. Well, that's a bit different. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't think we should be maintaining curfews, but like, I don't think it's not going I'll to be, be a little it. bit more libertarian about this and say we should probably avoid curfews outside of, I don't know, states' yeah. emergencies. But additionally, is there been any type of uh, recessions being made in the economy or is it just been, in the economy? Uh, huh? You sound dumb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or has there been a, the, actually, a positive uplift to, to this curfew? Mm, curfew there's no known cases where this curfew would have been the well, I'm, I, to the common i'm 100 curfews aren't still around anymore if they are like I'd be, i'm super like not uh, not a criminal but yeah i don't think it's still around but if it was still was i'm pretty sure it's being negatively impacted um uh, uh, some businesses i'll do a quick research if the curfew is still there in New York. Uh, it's not necessary it's not necessary i think it kind of gets the point across but like I don't think that had much of an effect. Because hmm. I'm pretty sure it was mostly during the rioting, right? At least in New York. It's still there around. Kumo to extend New York's indoor dining curfew as hospitalization. Wow. Below okay. I guess I'm fact-check false. You're going to do me like hmm. that? Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, quote, starting Monday, the state's curfew for indoor restaurant service and catered events extend from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. and 12 a.m. to 1 a.m., respectively. Kumo said force and auto racing spect- spectators can return to stands at Thursday at 20% capacity. So I guess Attendees I'm just wrong, then. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Attendees yeah. must show proof of uh, a recent negative test or completed vaccination series prior to entry of the recent uh, racing event. Other core COVID protocol supplies as well. End quote. Well, oh wow! So that that is that is contributing factor towards the de- the decrease of CO two emissions in the environment because the curfews would help. Well, be like, careful of that. Be careful, be, that. Be careful of that. Do you want curfews to be extended? That that's not exactly a legacy policy I'd like to see in the future, right? Right. It's, yeah. It's, it's only an implementation during the COVID nineteen pandemic where it is necessary to have a curfew to avoid. Social interactions with people, also, in, also in grocery shopping and keep all that. Keep in mind, and while I'm sure a lot of 
you know, restaurants or some of that would probably do better around like eight, nine o'clock at those later times. Yeah, I'm that's pretty true. sure the bulk of businesses are doing most of their business like noon, really. Right. Yeah, they're most, during most daytime. Of them, yeah. So, like, Majority- yeah. I definitely agree. However, it is important to also take into account like the, the nature of the pandemic and how rapidly you can spread. And in an environment where you have a restaurant, you're working with food, it's necessary to have those peak hours where uh, customers are, are joining and eating. It's necessary to have a curfew, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it for it to be long-term, only as the pandemic is going on and when it's decreasing. I think when it's decreasing, then it's necessary to um, extend the curfew, also to decrease uh, the curfew in order to make sure that the COVID-19 pandemic is appropriately um, combated. I blew. I am diametrically opposed to that. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. I, I guess like that yeah. is a policy that you can implement. I just don't think that's something you want in general. Like, yeah. And it, plus, it's not really something that. While it is important, I think we have to look into the more of the, the implications of such curfew. Yeah, yeah. Also, you're getting back to the main point. Like this whole topic that like quarantine as a solution to climate change. When I say quarantine, I mean like this, the, the sub-procedures necessary for quarantine. Curfew yeah. would be one of them. I don't think but that's it's not sustainable. Like, you, you related it back to climate change that it probably did affect it. I don't think that's something you want in your your waste belt when you're trying to solve climate change. There's something like more systemic we can do than that. So yeah, yeah I, I don't should... think we should yeah. carry that over. But I think... Unless anyone else had anything else, I mean, else to add. I don't know why I just said this then, but anything else? Uh, also, also, I, there's one thing I do need to add as well. If we're talking about purely in the grand scheme of things, how this actually affected climate change, I don't think it did much of anything. I mean, we're climbing back up to our pre-pandemic amount of consumption. I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's like it's like imagine right. Imagine a big bathtub, right? And you have the tap on, and it's filling. The water's filling. Ooh. And the only thing this I would believe that the COVID nineteen pandemic actually did was decrease the amount of flow in the tap, right? So the tub is still filling up, right? But there's a decrease in the amount of flow, and I, I believe that that's what basically happened with the COVID nineteen pandemic. And the, the CO two emissions in, are increasing globally. And as as long as we keep our keep our own actions like the way it is right now, I think it'll, it'll keep on increasing in the long run as well. Yeah, not only do we in the first world need to take a systemic approach to climate change, but we also need to understand. I think I'm pretty sure I talked about this before that people across the world are also trying to reach their living as well. And yeah. obviously, if things continue as they currently do, not even COVID nineteen would so just drop in the bucket really. Yeah. Additionally, most changes observed in 2020 are likely to be temporary as they did not reflect the structural changes Where are you reading this in, from? in our economy. Um, myself. Whoa, boy. Whoa. Yes, I did actually write this down myself. Okay. Keep it going. Um, uh, like you said, within the economy, transport systems, and energy systems. Additionally, um, the confinement and our associated changes could also change could have be will be changing in unpredictable ways in terms of social dynamics and how the social responses could be made 
You know, a common misconception I believe is among the public is when when people say in the news and all the news broadcasts like, yeah, daily global CO two emissions decreased. Decrease is not necessarily. Yeah, it's not. To... Uh, it does not exactly mean it's a. Uh, a full yeah, it doesn't mean decrease. that. It doesn't mean that it's irreversed, right? Yeah, so it's still it's increasing, but it's it's okay. increasing, but it's increasing at a slower rate than before. And that's what that's like common misconception people have. And I like to clear that. Well, I mean, there has been some loss. Uh, according to uh, some research has been done, uh, the CO2 emission world confinement has been dropped about to negative 15 percent um, uh, at its peak uh, since 2019. But the problem with that wait, wait, is wait, wait. that you said, you said that again, you said the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere decreased by negative 15 percent. No, the no, amount not, not negative 15 percent. No, negative is 17 percent. Negative 17. Emission. So it's not saying, exactly the amount of carbon that's actually in the air. It's a, 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 a decrease wait, wait, in the amount. Why are you saying negative then? <laughs> you just mean it decreased by 17 percent? Yeah. Wait, so wait. I don't, they didn't really have that significant of an effect. So that last year. That well, if, year. If, it did, if it did decrease by 17 percent, I would say it would be last year in early April. Oh, never mind. It's not, it did not actually yeah. be 17. It was estimated to be 17. However, they did make a point that this point is extreme, is an extreme and probably unseen before. Whoa, whoa, okay. Oh, I right. still don't understand this question. So are you saying that the total amount of CO2 in the atmosphere decreased? Or no, is- no, the amount of emission, okay. the amount of factor production. Okay, okay, okay. I was about to say like, uh, maybe it would be- No, no, no. Yeah. It's, a, it's not the actual atmosphere. The atmosphere itself actually- uh, Unsurprisingly, did not change too much in terms of yeah. So if CO2. if we talk about the atmosphere, it's it's literally non-significant. Like there's no change. I think there's been a drop in like so. maybe two percent, but overall, it's still uh, is marginal and I, I feel like and it's, it's uh, foreseeable that it will rise up again for the next few. Right, we're kind of uh, getting off on a tangent here, a yeah. little bit, just a little bit. Sorry, but that's. I think this was a, good, a pretty good first podcast episode, maybe a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, just a little um, bit, but... Just a little bit, just a little bit. My friend Abdul got to go. Probably going to it right here. Yeah. And, but hopefully we can continue this going on. The next episode would be the um, how COVID-19, the narrative behind the city and public transportation. So I guess we'll do our outros. Yeah, so... Um, uh, thank you for joining our podcast. We have uh, made some bit of uh, topics we missed out on, but however, we will surely cover them for the next few episodes later. Abdul, thank you very much for tuning in on our first podcast. We appreciate the audience. And see you guys next when time. We see you. <laughs> yeah. And I'll sign myself out later.